Psalm 37, verses 34 through 38. Those of you that are watching at home, thank you again for being a part. Uh, put the chicken down and everything. <laughs> you got you to gotta zoom in. You know, I've tried that at home thing. It's hard. It's real hard to tune in. There's so much other stuff, you know, you can get into. So when you're at home, you got to really work at it. So I'm going to encourage you at home, work at it right now. Tune in so that you can really grab hold of what God is saying to us tonight. Amen? All right, Psalm 37, verses 34 through 38 from the New King James Version. Let's read that together. Ready, read. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. Again, verse 37 says, Mark the blameless man. Now, that word man is italicized, so we, this could be women too, right? Thank I got one woman to say something. This could be women too, right? Okay. Do I have any blameless women here? All right. Then it says, observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. So tonight we're on part two of this uh, mini-series, Bright Futures, Bright Futures. Thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity now to spend this time in your word. I ask you, oh, dear Father, let the anointing from heaven rest upon me and these, your precious people. Let the word of God come into our ears and into our hearts and change us on the inside, from the inside out. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Let hope spring up in our hearts tonight that, God, we all have glorious futures ahead of us. So tonight, speak from heaven, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. All right, take your seats. Bright Futures, part two. We were looking on Sunday uh, at a scripture, and I want to look at it on the screen for us again. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verses 5 and 6, I'll use that as our launching pad tonight. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, which says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to the, your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with what? Why? For God is just the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Okay? Then says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. All right, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, I share with you that word exalt. This is just a quick review. Everybody say review. review. That word exalt comes from the Greek word hupso-o, uh, hupso-o, which means to lift up on high, to exalt. Metaphorically, it means to raise to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. And prosperity. Uh, Gigi and I were talking this morning, this commercial, I think it's for uh, one of the insurance companies. No, I think DirecTV. I think it is. This guy is a Russian guy. He's talking. He's walking around his house, and he's got all this opulent stuff. He says, he says opulence, I has it. <laughs> opulence, I has it. Praise God. So it's, this says here, this word exalt means to raise to the very summit of opulence and prosperity, to exalt, 
to raise to dignity, honor, and happiness. So what I want you to see in this verse is that if we do our part, which is humbling ourselves, which is submitting to God, okay, then he'll do his part, which is to take us all the way to the top. Notice it says the summit. Summit means the very top, the peak of opulence and prosperity. But I want you to see something here because, you know, the heathens, when I see the heathens, I'm talking about the, the world, sinners. They try to get opulence and prosperity too. But when they do it, it comes at a cost. They have to generally, most times, give up their dignity and their honor, and they don't have true happiness. But the Bible says, that when they see this word exalt, he'll raise us up to the summit, the top of opulence and prosperity, and, but also included dignity, honor, and happiness. So I don't have to sacrifice my dignity to get anything. I don't have to sacrifice my honor, my integrity, my self-respect my respect for others, or my true happiness. You know, some people, uh, uh, you know, you see this in marriages many times. So people, uh, one person going after, going after money so bad, they end up ruining their marriage. Y'all just say amen. See, you end up losing the happiness that you're supposed to have because you're going after this opulence and prosperity. But see, if we do this God's way, we don't have to lose our happiness and our honor and our dignity. You don't have to take all your clothes off on screen. Come on now. These are the things people do to try to get to opulence and prosperity. You don't have to, you, don't have to, you know, rap and use all kind of curse words and, and berate women. You understand? You don't have to do these kind of things. You can have your dignity, your honor, and your happiness, and God still have you walking in prosperity and, and living in opulence. Okay? That's what God wants to do for us. Now, that word, that, that uh, we looked at that. Uh, here's a scripture uh, reference for that. Proverbs 22, verse 4. Proverbs 22, verse 4. Just write it down. It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility and the fear of the Lord. Now, don't forget those words, the fear of the Lord here our riches and honor and life. Now, go back to 1 Peter 5, verse 6, because it said, humble yourselves under the, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you when? In due, In due time. Now, I gave you that word time. Uh, on Sunday is the Greek word uh, where we get the, the word kairos from, okay, which means due measure, a measure of time, a fixed and definite time, the time when things are brought to crisis or we could say brought to a head, Okay. The decisive epoch or era that is waited for. It says an opportune or seasonable time. And notice here, I like this, the right time. Everybody say the right time. So when it says he'll exalt you in due time, that means God has the right time planned for us. God makes everything beautiful. Ecclesiastes 3, in his time, 311 I think it is. He makes everything beautiful in its time. Or in its season. So God has a set time to make everything very beautiful in our lives. Now, he, he's beautifying us along the way. But he's going to keep going until we get to the perfection of beauty. All right? How many of you know that your lives look much better today than they did 10 years ago? Okay? God is improving our lives every day. We should not be uh, getting worse. Worse off. 
We should, our lives should be getting better. We should be improving. Our lives, uh, Proverbs 14, our path is supposed to be getting brighter and brighter to the perfect day. Okay? So God's raising us up, and he has a set time to finish this work. Okay? Now, what I want to get to you is that we all have a bright future ahead of us if we stay with God. All right? Now, let's do a, continue this review here for a moment because I gave you uh, three things I hopefully you wrote down on Sunday because Satan's trying to get us as believers to envy sinners and wicked people. But I told you there's nothing good coming for the wicked. Okay? I told you this. Number one, don't be moved by the world. Okay? Don't be moved by the world by false success by temporary prosperity, okay? Two scriptures for that. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 19 and 20, Proverbs 24, verse 19 and 20, in the Living Bible, says this, don't envy the wicked. Don't covet his riches. For the evil man, come on, has no future. Remember I told you, don't be looking at people who don't have a future. Don't look at their present, they don't have a future. Okay, They're, his light will be snuffed out. So don't even them. They have no future. No future. So don't, don't, you know, we don't want our youth idolizing all these heathens. They have no future. Oh, but look what they have. Who cares what they have? They have no future. That means, he said, his light will be snuffed out. Okay, let me keep going. Proverbs 23. Verse 17 and 18, verse 17 and 18 says this, don't envy evil men, but continue to do what? That's fearing God here all the time, for surely you have, what? Wonderful future ahead of you. There is hope for you yet. There is hope for you yet. I don't care where you are, there is hope for you yet. I don't care how late it may seem in your life. I don't care if you already hit 40 or you already hit 50 or you already hit 60 or you already hit 80. There is hope for you yet. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Moses didn't, didn't even get started until he was 80 years old. How you going to quit already and think, well, I'm, I'm done? You're not done. Caleb was 85 and said, give me my mountain. Abraham was 127, I think, 137 years old, started a new family. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, there's hope for you yet. So don't envy evil men, but continue to reverence the Lord all the time, for surely you have. Remember we read that wicked man has no future. But when you and I reverence the Lord, we have a wonderful future ahead of us. Okay? All right, number two, the next thing I told you was don't follow the wisdom of this world. Don't follow the wisdom of this world. Okay? 1 Corinthians 3, verse 19 and 21. Verse 19 and 21 in the Living Bible. It says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Isn't that right? As it says in the book of Job, God uses man's own brilliance to trap him. He stumbles over his own wisdom and fails. Keep going, please. So don't, yeah, don't, that's fine. Leave verse 20, that's fine. Verse 20. And again, in the book of Psalms, we are told that the Lord knows full well how the human mind reasons and how foolish and futile it is. It's a waste of time to think in this human way. Verse 21, verse 21. So don't be proud of following the wise men of this world. Oh, I went to rich dad, poor dad. I got some good advice. 
Oh, come on, man. Don't you? I learned the power of positive thinking from Norman Vincent Peale. Well, you're following the world's wisdom and proud of it. <laughs> I must have hit somebody on the, on the shoe. No. Do you know you have direct contact with the Holy Ghost? Who knows all things? He's much smarter than anybody on this, any motivational, inspirational speaker you could ever find. For God has already given you everything you need. So we don't follow the world's wisdom. Okay? Now, number three, I told you believers are the only ones with the bright futures. Believers are the only ones with bright futures. Okay? Our path is getting brighter and brighter. Now, two verses I want you to see. I don't think we got to these Sunday. I don't think so. Deuteronomy 5 and verse 29. And I'm in the living Bible still. I like this living Bible. <laughs> Deuteronomy 5, verse 29. Let's see what it says. This is God talking. Oh, that they would always have such a heart for me. The people, if you read early on in that chapter, the people were sent, telling God, telling Moses how, how they're, they're going to serve God. Oh, yeah, we're going to serve God. We're going we're to live for God all of our days. Now, God knows what's really happening. And he says, oh, that they would always have such a heart for me. Wanting to obey my commandments. Then all would go well with them in the future and with their children throughout all generations. Only if they would do that. Now God knew these people, they, 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 they talk in good talk with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But, if he, but let's learn the principle of this. That if we would do this, if we would have a heart for God, always, if we would always want to obey and actually go through with it and obey his commandments, then everything will go well with us in our future. How many of y'all want everything to go well in your future? Well, we learned a, a principle right here. Just always have a heart for God. Always be willing to obey his commandments. God, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to transgress your word. Hallelujah. I know it's not popular today to live holy, but it's, it's still a requirement from God. I know it's not popular to live right. But if we would do this, then you have a great future. Don't follow and imitate and mimic the wicked. We read they have no future. Y'all got it? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 in the Living Bible. Let's see what it says. So my dear brothers... Since future victory is sure, did you see that? Since future victory is sure, then you go ahead, be strong and steady, always abounding in the Lord's work, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted as it would be if there were no resurrection. Are you seeing this here? So because we know that in God we have a victory that is assured, you are never wasting your time serving God. You are never wasting your time working in God's kingdom. You are never, no matter how big or small the job may be, you are never wasting your time serving God. And the devil is trying to convince God's people that you're wasting your time. But tell your neighbor, you're not wasting your time. I'm telling you, you're not wasting your time coming on a Wednesday night. Well, it's just on you. You're not wasting your time. A lot, a lot of, I'm just telling you, a lot, a lot of your people 
think it's a waste of time to come on a Wednesday night. They got a lot of other things to do. But the Bible says, since we know that future victory is sure, then be strong and steady, always abounding in the Lord's work. Keep on doing whatever he tells you to do. I mean, I'm talking about going beyond just coming to church on Wednesday night. That's, that's just a small part of it. I'm talking about actually doing whatever God tells you to do. See? You're, this, it's never a waste of your time to do that. Okay? So we have a strong uh, future ahead of us, a bright future. All right, now, let's get into this main area here. Let's look back at Psalm 37. We're going to go back to the New King James here for a moment. Because, again, we're talking about bright futures, and the book of Psalms helps us to identify the person who has a very bright future ahead of them. And tells us what to do when we see that kind of person. I'm hoping that all of us, when we see this, become that person. If we're not already that person. Okay? But if we're not already that person, then I want us to all find or perceive that person and follow them. In other words, not follow the world. I'm telling you, it's such a tragic thing we're seeing in the, right, in the body of Christ that, that the church, when I say the church, I mean many people in the church are being seduced. The Pied Piper is drawing people away from the church, away from the things of God, away from walking with God because they're so enamored by what they see in the world. All the glitz, all the glamour, all the lights, all the camera, all the action, all the, all the fashion, all the all the. St- the, the stuff, the goods and being seduced right out by the world's wisdom the world's knowledge, humanism secularism new age it's happening at an alarming clip in the church that people in the body of Christ are leaving the very foundation of the gospel the very foundation of God's commands because they're in, so enticed by what they think the world has to offer. And they don't get it. The world has nothing to offer. There is no future for the world. Are you hearing me tonight? But if you and I stay with God, we have a bright future. Oh, I'm telling you, we have a bright future. Our days ahead are going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. Our days ahead will get better and better and better. But we've got to we've got to uh, adjust our lifestyles. Get them in a proper place. You got it. Okay, so let's look at Psalm thirty-seven, and verse thirty-four it says, "Wait on the Lord, and keep His way, and He shall do what? Exalt you to inherit the land." You know that's what this is all about. This whole thing is about us inheriting the land. Hallelujah. You know God's promise to Abraham in Romans 4 that he will be the heir of the world. That's what God's promise was to to Abraham. He'd be the heir, inherit the world, all the earth, the land. Glory to God. Y'all know that that's that's the blessing, right? The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham, you read it in Genesis 28, 
right around verse uh, 3 or so, 2 or 3, 4, where, where Isaac tells Jacob, he says that God is putting on you the blessing of Abraham so that you can inherit the land. See, the blessing of Abraham on our lives is for us to inherit this whole planet. That's it, that's it, Genesis 28, 4. And give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger. That's what the blessing of Abraham is all about. So God is trying to get this whole earth into our hands. So we got to make sure we don't let the world trick us, let the devil trick us into following the world because he knows that, that they're going to lose it. Oh man, hold, hold it. Let me, let me give you another scripture. Let me give you another scripture. Hold on a second, media. Uh, Psalm, Psalm number one. Oh, five. Verse 42 through 44, let's go to the NIV. Psalm 105, verse 42 through 44. Give me to the NIV, please. I don't want you to see this here. I want you to understand what this is all about for God. It says, for he remembered, this is God, remembered his holy promise given to his servant, who? Abraham. Abraham. Keep going, please. Keep going. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with what? He gave them the lands of the nations, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for. That's what God did for the children of Israel as our example. That you and I, it's designed for us to fall heir to what others in the world, what they're toiling for, what they're striving for, what they're seeking for, we're supposed to fall heir to it all. Does anybody get this tonight when I'm saying that? God's thinking way more than just your house. He's thinking about all the land being in the hands of the kingdom of God. Are you seeing this here? So, all right, let's go back to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Lord, open your people's eyes to see this. Wait on the Lord, verse 34, and keep his way. He shall exalt you to do what? So we're supposed to inherit the land. So to get there, I got to wait on him and keep his way. And it says, he shall exalt me. He shall exalt me. He shall lift me up to inherit it. Okay? He shall lift me up to inherit the land. Notice it says, inherit the land, not buy it. You don't buy an inheritance. It's something that is given to you by birthright. Right? Galatians 3.29, if we belong to Abraham, if we belong to Christ, we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise. Okay? So we are supposed to inherit this earth, this land. And we're not talking about, don't, don't let people put on you with just this is after the rapture and after, the, after Armageddon and all that kind of stuff. No, even right now, we're supposed to inherit the land. 
The Bible says all creation is grown and travail and waiting to be delivered into the hands of, uh, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. See? Okay? Now, let, let me keep going here. Verse 35. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree, yet he passed away. Now, this is the wicked in great power. That's what we're looking at right now, right? That's what's got everybody googly-eyed. Oh, look at how they doing. Look at, but they doing all right. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Native green tree flourishes in, the, in that environment. Yet, he passed away and behold, come on, it no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Verse 37, Mark, Mark, the who? The blameless. Or the blameless man. And do what? Observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. Now we look at the, the wicked man and you saw this bleak future for them. But he said mark the blameless man. Observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. Okay. Now, now, do me a favor, and we'll come back to the New King James. Let's go to the Living Bible, which I like, and let's pick up 34, and we'll go through verse 37 again. 34 through verse 37 uh, of uh, Psalms from the Living Bible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It says, don't be impatient for the Lord to act. When is it going to be my time? Lord, how long? Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep traveling steadily along his pathway and in due season he will honor you with every blessing and you will see the wicked destroyed. I want to read it again. Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. I've seen people quit church, quit on God because they just ran out of patience. Man, I'm here serving the Lord. I'm here doing all this stuff, trying to do what y'all say, and it ain't happening fast enough. People in the world, my friends, my cousin, they getting this, they doing that, they going over there. So what? It's all fake. It's not real. It's going to pass away. Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep traveling. Tell your neighbor, keep traveling. Keep traveling steady along his pathway. Keep going in this direction. Don't turn off there. Don't go to left or right. Keep on going in this direction here. And in due season, as a set time, he will honor you with every blessing and you will see at the same time the wicked destroyed. Keep going, please. I myself have seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Bernie Madoff just died in jail. He sure did. He just died in jail. He was prospering, boy. He was first like a green, like a native green tree, boy. Everything looking, looking great. And and uh, I've seen it happen. A proud and evil man towering like a cedar of Lebanon. But when I looked again, he was gone. I searched but could not find him. Verse 37. Verse 37. But the good man. Do I have any good men in here? 
Do I have any good women in here? But the good man, what a different story. It ain't going to turn out like that. What a different story. For the good man, the blameless, the upright, the man of peace, he has a wonderful future ahead of him. For him, there is. And they live happily after, ever after. That's what it is, happily ever after. I was about to say after all. They live happily ever after. Isn't that, isn't that how every fairy tale ended? Every little story you read when you were in, in, in elementary school and preschool and so forth, and they live happily ever after. Now, think about it. In every one of those stories, there was always some sort of um, uh, uh, situation in the middle. Right? Snow White and... Uh, well, I know the seven dwarves. I'm thinking of some other, other people. Other, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I read those stories. But we, we read all those stories and saw all those stuff. Things. Right? Cinderella. That's what I was trying to think of. Cinderella, dressed in yellow, went upstairs, kissed a fellow, made a mistake, kissed a snake. How many doctors did it take? So, for him, there is a happy ending, which, which tells us, for the wicked, there's not a happy ending. It's not going to turn out like they think. But if we want them to turn out happily for us, if we want to end up with, in blessing, in peace, in prosperity, then we've got we've to align ourselves and become like this good man. Now, let's switch back to the uh, New King James on verse 37, please. New King, New King James, please, on verse 37. Because it tells us to do something to sit here. It says, mark the blameless man and observe the upright. In other words, it tells us who to be looking at. And the reason it has to tell us that because God knows too often we're looking at the wrong people. If you be truthful, you've done it before, haven't you? Looking at the wrong people. From admiration to little envy and little start to look and see, well, I wonder how they did that. Let me see if I can learn how they did that. And that's what opens us up to human wisdom. Because if they're not doing it being led by the Holy Ghost, they're doing it by human wisdom. Demonic wisdom, earthly, sensual, and demonic wisdom. And it'll get us off base. When we read, hey, stay, keep going steadily on this path here. Keep going over here. Don't be moved by the world. Don't be moved by what you see out there. So he needs us then to, to see, observe, inspect, perceive, search out the right people. Now, it says the future of that man, which means that when you find that kind of person, his present may not look as glamorous. Oh, what? His present condition may not look as glamorous. Now, this is some, somebody needs to know this when you're looking for a spouse. Well, come on this side. When you're looking for a spouse. Any, any single people here? They ain't trying to hear that. They're they trying to find the one who got all the stuff now. No, you better check out, you better make a guess about their future. 
You marking the good looking man, you marking the whatever man, but you better mark the blameless man. Now God, God will make the blameless look good. Remember, he'll beautify the humble with salvation. Okay, so, so you need to mark the blameless. Y'all hear me, daughters? They better. They, they hear me over there. I need to make sure these biologics here catch me. Our other biological daughter online, Alexis, you hear that one. You mark the blameless man. Observe the upright. For the future of that man is peace. See, that means you got, you got, to, you got to be able to um, make a prognosis expect to, to, to have something about their future. See? So we, we get in trouble if we look at the wrong people. And it happens to every one of us. If we're not careful. Start looking at what people are doing. I've done it. I've looked at pastors and be like, wow, man, look at they're doing that. That's great. And all and want to start copying them and start imitating their, their programs and their whatever things they do. And then you look up one day and you realize, Ooh, what, what happened? Oh, they fell into a scandal and they fell into this and all. Oh, Lord. See, because you were looking at these outward things and not looking at the inward attributes that will produce a peaceful future. Okay? So mark the blameless man and observe the upright. Mark means, check them out. Observe means to study intently. Jesus, we saw that same thing in the New Testament. When Jesus would, there was a man named Nathaniel who came to him. One of the disciples came to him. And when Nathaniel came, Jesus, already, Jesus gave him a word about his life. He's like, man, wow. The Bible talks about how Jesus had observed him. He used the word, he saw him said, I saw you, but the, the word literally means he observed, he studied. So the Bible tells us who to study. Who to look up to. Who to look at. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. Hallelujah. Oh, let's look at this here. Now that word blameless, let's deal with this. Let's break this down, these two words here. Because it's telling me who to mark, who to look at. Yeah. That word blameless is, it comes from the Hebrew word tam. You see that, T-A-M? Which means perfect, complete. In fact, I think King James says mark the perfect man. Anybody have a King James? All right, it says mark the perfect man. Y'all see it? Okay, so it means perfect, complete. One who lacks nothing in physical strength, beauty, etc. So there are some outward things you can see, etc. <laughs> sound. Mark the sound man. Not the sound men like the media. Mark the. <laughs> they're all, I think they're all accounted for. But Jonathan's accounted for by his mama right now. Mark the sound man. Sound. 
Being of sound mind and body. You know, people riding a wheel. That means they're not crazy. And I, maybe crazy is a harsh term. But they're not, they're not, they're, they're stable. Thank you, thank you, thank you. They're, they're stable. The stable man. Level-headed, how about that? You don't want that person who all, oh, they got all, you know, theory about, oh, you know, I think, I think aliens coming down to touch me on the head. So you walk in that house and they're wearing a tin cap and everything. And that's like, oh. Right? But could we also look at, because we're talking about believers, sound doctrine? You don't want some person, they're, they're mixing in other religion. Mixing in a little Hindu, mixing in a little Buddhism, mixing in a little New Age, mixing in. No, no, no. I need you to be sound. Wholesome. Wholesome. Now, that's an old school word. Old school word, wholesome. You know, your mama wants you to look, find a wholesome young lady. What she, what she meant was don't find some little floozy. Y'all remember wholesome? How many of y'all old enough to remember when we used to use the word wholesome? Wholesome meant you weren't, you weren't, um, you weren't promiscuous. You weren't, you, you, did, you didn't dress provocatively. Y'all ain't saying much to me. Okay. Wholesome. Had some discretion about yourself. Had, 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 had good family values and morals. Somebody say wholesome. This is what the Bible tells us to mark that person. Not that foul mouth person. Wholesome. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Look at this next part. An ordinary, quiet sort of person. The Bible talks about that, that foolish woman is all loud. You know, we read it in Proverbs every month. That foolish woman, she all loud. Some loud men, too. Ordinary, quiet sort of person. Now, you can be quiet and still be sneaky. That's why they got to be wholesome, too. They got to be wholesome, too. You can't, can't be quiet and sneaky. It's some quiet people that you look at, you're like, uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> y'all, 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 I guarantee everybody think about something. Yeah, I know, I know some quiet ones, boy, but they sneaky. They do some dirt on a DL. DL means down low. That means undercover, undercover. Okay. So quiet sort of person. But look, look, let's keep going. Complete. 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 We are complete in him. I don't want to keep dealing with the dating part, so let me just try to skip. But you can apply this to your dating. You're, you're listening, you're searching, you're hearing God. Because, see, if, 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 the, if the person you're looking at doesn't have these attributes, you ain't got to pray about that. Lord, is that the one? No, that's not the one. We already tell you that ain't the one. Don't even waste your prayer time on that. Pray about something else. Okay? 
All right, look at this next one. Look at this, because this is the blameless man, right? Oh, God. Morally innocent. Morally innocent. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting tighter here, isn't it? Morally innocent. You're, you're walking with some, uh, some standards. This is why I'm going back. I was talking about earlier about holiness. That's such, such a lost thing in the church today. The people today act as if, well, we can just live anyway and do whatever because grace covers it all. Listen, listen, listen. Holiness is still right. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. God said, be ye holy for I am holy. So he's expecting some level of moral innocence. I'm not a murderous person. I'm not a promiscuous person. Hallelujah. Not, not racist and prejudice. Because that's amoral too. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I ain't a murderer. I ain't no, ain't no rapist, but, uh, but you don't like certain people. Well, you, you're not morally innocent. <laughs> you see? So, because he's telling us who to mark. He says morally innocent. Now, he says this is the definition of it, morally innocent. Having integrity. You riding with them, and you're going to go to the store, sit in the restaurant, and they get too much change and don't take it back. Uh, yeah, I got a blessing. No, that was not a blessing. You know that belongs to somebody. That young lady, that, 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 that young man might lose their job over that. So let's walk with integrity. Okay? Having integrity. You're going you're gonna, to uh, do what's right. And you're going to do it right because it's right. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going I'm to do it right because it's right. I'm going to do what's right. And I'm going to do it right because it's right. That's how integrity looks. I don't take anything that doesn't belong to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's not my money. It's not my wife. You see? Integrity. One who is morally and ethically pure. Woo-wee. That seemed like, boy, this high standards here, doesn't it? But they must exist. Because he would have told us to mark them if, they did, if you couldn't find them. So we got to make sure we're looking at the right thing. Because it says, mark that blameless man. Now remember, the end of that man is going to be peace, right? His future is going to be peace. Prosperity. That's what that word peace means. It's shalom. It's prosperity. It's, 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 it's financial prosperity. It's physical prosperity. It's uh, mental prosperity. Everything in their lives uh, working out just fine. A happy ending. Glory to God. 
let me, let me give you a scripture here. Psalm 119 and verse 80. Psalm number 119 and verse 80. Says, let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes that I may not be ashamed. So this is what you and I have to do. Lord, let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes. That means, Lord, if I see it in the word, I'm going to do it. Oh, can I get three witnesses on that? And Lord, if I see it in the word, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey your word. I, oh, how I love your word. Great peace have they who love your law. That's what the Bible says. Great peace have those who love his law. So if I see something in the word, I'm going to obey it, even if I don't really like it at first. I want to be blameless. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Oh, do it. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hurt you. Forgive 70 times 7. Per day. Per person. Per offense. But I, but I'm, but I, I got to be blameless though. See, because I want my future to be bright. And if I give up my integrity, if I give up my blameless uh, character, uh, I, I, I lose uh, hold of that bright future. And I, I can't afford that. In other words, I don't sacrifice my future for a present get back. Somebody make me mad. And I'm going to sacrifice my future just for the sake of being able to tell them off. That's exactly what Esau did. Esau, who had a glorious future ahead of him because the blessing belonged to him. The birthright was his. But he let the hunger in his belly drive him. It dictated to him. And he sold his birthright for some, some soup, some porridge, some, some stew. To satisfy a temporary desire... He traded away his future. And the Bible talks about in the New Testament, it says that's how it is when you get into fornication. I'll look, I'll look this way. I'll look this way. That's what it said. When you get into fornication, you are trading off your future for present enjoyment. Y'all just look straight ahead. Trading off your future. Hallelujah. So I, that's why I dealt, dealt with the men so strongly on this whole thing about fornication and pornography. Yes. Did we talk about it, men? Yes. Perversion aversion. We're trying to avoid this perversion that takes men down. I mean, it'll sink your ship. That's what the Bible says. That's right. You'll come to a piece of bread. That man who's doing, doing so well will come to a piece of bread. That means you'll be broke, busted, disgusted, lonely, grow by yourself. <laughs> Y'all so quiet, boy, right here. It must be, must be bowling right down the right alley right here, the right lane. Hallelujah. So I need to make sure my heart is blameless regarding your statutes. Whatever God's word says, I need to honor his word. Should I keep going? Give me Proverbs 28, verse 10, please. Proverbs 28, verse 10. Whoever causes the upright to go astray in an evil way, 
he himself will fall into his own pit. But the blameless will inherit good. You see these promises to the, to the blameless? That one who's morally and ethically pure, that one who's an ordinary, quiet sort of person, that one who's complete, morally innocent, having integrity, that I'll inherit good. Now remember, that the future of that man is peace. That means I can't judge him for where he is now. Okay, let me give you an example. In, in 1 Samuel, I think it's in chapter 22, memory served me correctly, 22 or 23, one of those, 20, 22 I think it is. When, when David was down in the um, cave of Adullam, and the Bible says that all these men who were uh, in debt, in distress and discontented, they came to him. Right? And they began to follow him, made him captain. He became captain over them. Am I right about it? Now they're following him, and David is living in a cave. He has nothing but a future. And what they did was they chose, when they followed him, they sided with him and, and opposed Saul who had a present. In fact, when they ran into Saul, Saul hollered out, can David offer you all this? Look at what I have. He, said, he hollered out, can David offer you all this? And the answer was no, not right now. But they weren't looking at David in his present condition. They were marking the blameless man. They were observing the upright for the future of that man is peace. Same guy who wrote this. See, so you got to make sure you're not marking behind and looking behind somebody who look, looks like they got it going on now, but they're not blameless and upright. Because it'll all come down. It'll all come down to nothing. Y'all got it? All right, let me, let me finish up here. Let's, let's finish up. We got our five minutes here or so. So back in, in Psalm 37, verse 37, mark the blameless man and observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. Now this word upright comes from the, from the Hebrew word yasar, yasar, which means upright, correct, right, straight, level, I taught on a series on that years ago, straight and level. Pleasing, straightforward. Straightforward. That's one word, straightforward. They, they say what they mean and they mean what they say. <laughs> you don't need any deciphering going on. You don't need to be guessing. I wonder what they mean by that. No shade and no... Undercurrent, no, no, just okay. I, I'm, I'm say what I mean, and I mean what I say. You don't have to guess, speculate, and you know if they say it, they mean it, and if they mean it, they're gonna say it. If they don't mean it, they're not gonna say it. Well, no, be straightforward with me. A lot of times, though. People can't handle straightforward people. Most times, people can't handle straightforward. They want somebody that's rub them and, you know, well, maybe, you know. They want somebody that's rubbing them on their back and sugar-coated and, you know. Because when people are straightforward, they're generally kind of uh, uh, abrasive. 
know iron sharpens iron. But do you know it takes a stronger iron to sharpen another iron? You can't have two irons that are both soft, velvety iron. You got to have one, one of those irons is tough, is strong. And anytime that iron rubs against the other iron, there's going to be some friction, which is going to cause sparks. There's no iron sharpening without sparks. And people freak out by the sparks. Ah! No, that's a straightforward person. And it says, mark that person. Or observe that person for the future of that person is peace. Don't gravitate to people who are going to rub your back. You know, if, if, if there's, there's I, 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 like, I like sports. I don't watch as much as I used to. But in sports, I know if you got a coach that's going to always rub, rub everybody's back, they are never going to win a championship. They're never going to win any games. He, he won't be coached for long. Running back, keep fumbling the ball. He's going to say, that's all right. You'll do better tomorrow. He is not going to be coached for I mean, I, I had to learn this because I, I, our son been playing Little League Baseball his whole life, and now he moved to high school. I had to learn. High school coaches use different words. <laughs> I'm like, okay, the high school coaches use a different level of words out here. We, ne- we never heard, because I was a coach. We never used these words, and I, the coach around me didn't use these words. These are, these are special words they use, okay. Or rough. But if you, if you want to win, if you want to develop, you're going to have to run into some straightforward people. And it says, when you see that kind of person, observe him. Oh, Jesus. Can y'all handle this? Okay, let's keep going with this upright, please. Upright, correct, right, straight, level, pleasing, straightforward, just. Just aligned with God, fitting, proper, uprightness, righteous. Y'all got it? Thank you, Lord. So, this kind of person you got to mark and observe. They're fitting, they're proper. Oh, now, this proper didn't just talk about, you know, they speak with proper English and diction and stuff. It's talking about. I'm a proper person. A proper person. I have a little, have this nobility on the inside of me. Makes me walk and live a certain kind of way. Okay? Uprightness and righteous. Now let me give you a couple scriptures here before we, before we uh, quit. Quit? Well, maybe I'll keep going then. He said, quit. (laughs) Let's look at what happens when you're upright. Job chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. Job chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. If you were pure, pure is one of those definitions of blameless, right? If you were pure and upright, surely now he, God, would awake for you. Awake for you, would awake for you and prosper your rightful dwelling place. 
Oh, my. Look at this uh, next part, verse 7, verse 7, verse 7. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly, would greatly increase. That means if you are upright with God, you will have a bright future. Even if you start out small, your latter end, the end is going to greatly increase. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I might start out small. I might start out with little, but I'm going to stay on this upright path. I'm going to stay blameless before God. And he's going to exalt me in due time. My latter end is going to greatly increase. Everybody say greatly increase. Glory to God. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Proverbs 14, verse 11. Proverbs 14, verse 11. Just one verse. Proverbs 14, verse 11. Look at what it says here. The house of the wicked will be what? Overthrown. But the tent of the upright will? Notice a house is more stable than a tent, right? A house is, gives you the idea of a solid structure, but a tent is more like traveling. It's, you know, tent, tent is like, like being a renter. You're on your journey. House is like, okay, I'm there. But notice, it doesn't matter if you think you're there. If you're wicked, it says it's going to be overthrown. But the tent, even though I'm journeying, I'm going from place to place to place, from level to level to level. I'm going in one direction with God. I'm journeying with him. I'm going to still flourish. God can prosper you while you're on your journey to, to the place. Hallelujah. Don't make the wicked folk make, make you feel bad because you don't own your mansion. It'll all be overthrown for them. The, the biggest thing my wife and I had to, had to get our minds around when, when we were when we moved years ago was to go from, from owning our house to renting and still got all this debt, quarter million dollars of debt over our heads. And I, I didn't see how God could prosper us while we're doing that. But he did. Renting and got us out of debt while we were renting. God is in the prosperity while we're renting. Because, not, not because of anything that, that's, that, that's so special that we did, except stay upright with him. Keep walking with God. Keep doing whatever he said. Humbling ourselves. Okay, God, do this. Okay, do, we'll do that. God, don't do that. Okay, no, we won't do that then. See, when you follow God, God will take care of you. Okay, another place, Psalm 84. Psalm 84, verse 11. And then I'll give you, then, then we'll go to one last place, okay? And we'll quit. All right, Psalm 84, verse 11. says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk. Notice, again, we're marking the blameless man we're observing the upright because the future of that man is peace, is happiness, is prosperity, is health, is joy, is long life. Okay? Now, let me show you a biblical example of this that you can get. Okay? Turn your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 1. Job, chapter 1. Hallelujah. 
Remember, we're marking the blameless, observing the upright, because the future of that man is peace. Job chapter 1. Are you there? Verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man, now we're marking the blameless, observing the upright. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. I wonder if we can use that as our description for our lives. Now, he's not saying this about himself. This is what God is saying about him. What happens when God can brag on you? What happens when God can speak highly? What, what, what happens when God can, can give you a recommendation? The man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Keep going, please. Keep going. And uh, seven, yeah, I'm sorry. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. He's got a big family. He's blameless, he's upright, he fears God and shuns evil. Keep going, verse 3. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep. This is the kind of guy you want to mark here. 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. Well, I guess you need a large household to manage 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels. He's not doing this, him and his wife by themselves. They a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East, the very summit of opulence and prosperity. God took this man who was blameless and upright all the way to the top. Do y'all see that? Verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Okay, now, we know what happens. We know what happens. The devil shows up. He's there before God with all the sons of God, and he's like, you know, God says, where you been? What, what you been doing? He said, oh, I've been going to and fro throughout the earth. I'm just, I've been roaming around and looking for somebody to mess with. And God said, you've been over to Job's house, haven't you? Right? See, when you read it, it says, have you considered your servant Job, my servant Job? And people read it like God was recommending Job. That's not how, how it reads. He said, oh, have you considered my servant Job? That's what you've been doing. And we know this is what has happened because when, when, when Satan answers back, he, he tells God all about Job. God doesn't have to tell him, about Job, tell him about Job. He tells God about Job. That's how God knows you've been to Job's house. God does not recommend you for trial and tribulation. He's aware already of what the devil's trying to do against you. Okay? Now, we know what happens. Sons die, daughters die, uh, lose a lot of stuff. Drop down to verse 22. Verse 22. Real quick. Verse 22. Same chapter. Hallelujah. And all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Remember what we read, mark the blameless man, observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. Now we saw he's enjoying this enormous prosperity and wonderful life and all these things, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose in his life. 
Now, if people look at him and say, well, I don't want to be like Job. Well, remember, the future of that man is peace. It's going to turn out well. It's going to have a happy ending. So let's look at the happy ending. Chapter 42. 42 and verse, verses 12 through 17. And then we'll go home. Chapter, chapter 42, verse 12 through 17. Now, this is after Job goes through all the trial, and he stands, and he does not get off the path that God had him on. He's stuck with it. Remember I told you, if you stay with God, you have a bright future. No matter what the devil brings against you, if you stay with God, you have a bright future. Now let's watch how this man's future ended. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Boy, I don't know if y'all caught that. He blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Now, we read his beginning in chapter 1. Chapter 1, Job, this guy has got it going on. He's got it made. But it said he blessed his latter days more than his beginning. For he had now, now, remember he had 7,000. Now he's got 14,000 sheep. Now he's got 6,000 camels. Now he's got not, not 500, but 1,000 yoke of oxen and not 500 female donkeys. Now he's got 1,000. Everybody say double for your trouble. Keep going, verse 13, verse 13. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Now let's watch this. Watch the next part. Watch the next part. This is what I like. And he called the name of the, of the first Jemima. That was, aunt, that was auntie of everybody else. The name of the second, Keziah. And the name of the third, uh, we call her Karen. She was a Karen. Verse 15. Ver, no, no, Karen, Karen Hippook, okay? Verse 15. And, and all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Joel. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. Normally you don't do that. Normally only the brothers get the inheritance, but no, these girls beautiful. And God has blessed me so much, I got I to split it between all ten of them. Okay, keep going, please. In all the land, okay, then yeah, thank you. After this, Job lived 140 years. After this, after all his trial, after he was at death's door, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. That's how I pray all the time. I will see my children even to the fourth generation. Verse 17. Verse 17. So Job died old and full of days. Mark the blameless man. Observe the upright. For the future of that man is peace. Is peace. Bright future. Everybody say, I have a bright future ahead of me. I will be blameless. I will be upright. I have a great future in store for me. My latter end will be greater than my former. Though my beginning may be small, my latter end shall greatly increase. Now, if you believe that, give God a great praise tonight and receive that word in your spirit. Hallelujah! 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 I've got a glorious future. I have a wonderful future. I have a bright future ahead of me. 
You know what that means? That means I'm not turning back. I'm not going back. I'm moving forward. Knocking off that rearview mirror, Joe. Just get that rearview mirror out of here. I'm not looking back. Nothing, nothing behind me that I need. I'm looking forward. I'm going to keep going. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, with him all the way. Is that your resolution? I'm going to go with him all the way. For he's going to lead me into my glorious future. Amen. Lord, tonight, thank you so much for this word. Thank you so much for giving us, Lord, uh, open eyes and open ears and open hearts to, to see and hear and receive and conceive in our hearts what you have planned for us. Thank you for the glorious futures that you have in store. You said in your word, Father, you know the plans you have for us to give us a future of hope and expected end, to give us glorious futures, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, no matter where we are right now, we have made up in our minds we are not going back. The world has nothing for us. We are not turning back. We are not looking back. We are not drawing back. We're going to go forward to the saving of our souls. We, we will receive the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls, oh God. We want all you have for us and nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. That's it, Lord. What you have in store for us. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. That's what our hearts desire. What you have. God, there's nothing in this world that, will, that we will let draw us out of the kingdom. We don't look at things that are temporary. We look at things that are eternal. The things that are seen, they are temporary. The things that are unseen, they are eternal. And Father, we just downright love you more than anything. Truth be told, Father, if you never did another thing for us in our lives, we love you so much. We love you so much that we would not turn aside or turn back. But we know, Father, that Lord, you said that our future, if we are blameless and upright, it is peace, it is wholeness, it is soundness, it is prosperity, it is health, it is happiness. So thank you, Father, that, Lord, that we can walk and live that way. And we mark those who do. We mark those who do. We mark those who are blameless and upright. Help us to discern, to discern, not be fooled by people's words and not Look at the actions. Lord, there's supposed to be some fruit. We want there to be fruit in our lives. Fruit in our lives that people may observe us as well. And see, Lord, the glorious future, the bright futures that you're bringing us into. Because, Lord, we want to be attractive to the world so that we can bring people in left and right. Because we know that, God, what you have planned for us, you have planned for all mankind. You want to bless your people. Lord, you created us for your pleasure. You want to bless your people. So, Lord, we pray for those out there in the world who are right now going after everything the world has. They're struggling. They're toiling. They're up at night, can't sleep, can't rest. Marriages are being torn apart. Families are being destroyed. Lives are being destroyed. But, God, in you there's peace. 
Everything we need is in you. So tonight, Lord, we commit ourselves to walk in that way and seek your face. Thank you that, Father, you will supply every need we have. Now, God, we just give you glory and give you honor. We give you the praise for all these things, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Praise God tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.